Please fasten your seatbelts. The skies are rough and our two pilots have no idea where they're going. So kick back, relax, and enjoy your flight on no blackout dates. No blackout dates. No blackout dates. No blackout dates. What draws everything together and makes it work? If you have an interest in anything, whether it is outdoors and nature, whether it is a favorite recipe that your grandmother taught you, whether it is a funky dance that you think other people should learn to do, it, we have everything. If you hate me, let me know or leave a comment because my New Year's resolution is to have more enemies. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of No Blackout Dates. My name's Tim. And I'm Evan. We got a great one for you today. Catherine Powell, Airbnb's global head of hosting, is coming on the show to discuss everything about their recent platform updates. This episode is a little different from our usual one where we tell crazy travel stories. Today, we're going to help you have crazy travel experiences by using Airbnb's new uh, booking features that have actually completely revolutionized the way you can use the site. We're going to get into that in just a minute, but first, we have our hot takes segment. Evan, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so my first question actually comes from a question I was asked by a girl on a press trip I was on recently to Iceland, and it was kind of an icebreaker type deal. We had just met everybody in the press group, and she was one of those people that has all these pre-prepared questions to break the ice, some of which are super awkward and weird to ask, and some of which actually work pretty well. One that she asked that I thought was pretty interesting was, do you have any enemies? Ooh. And I didn't really know what to say to that, so I figured I'd ask you, Tim. Do you have any enemies? I don't think so, but that is an interesting question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. I think that there are... I'm sure that there are people that don't like me or that I have not been the best friend to at one point or another, but I don't know if I have an actual enemy, like a nemesis. Not in like the, ne- the nemesis sense. Yeah, her answer was that she had a nemesis from school that she was like academically competitive with and they were competing for some kind of scholarship. And I I don't know, it was kind of a love-hate relationship. Another guy in the group answered that he had a professional rivalry with this other reporter who he would always compete with to get scoops, which makes sense. But that's that's a professional, not a personal rivalry. And I'm thinking about like, do I have any personal, I don't have any professional nemeses but like, do I have any personal enemies? Anyone I hate? Anyone who hates me? I would love to know if anyone hates me. I don't think I hate anybody. I mean, there's people like I don't, not a huge fan of, but I wouldn't call them my enemies. I don't know. If anyone hates me, I would love to know. I kind of want an enemy. Send us an email to noblackoutdatespod at matadornetwork.com. And if you hate me, let me know or leave a comment because I'm right. honestly super. <laughs> yeah. if Tim, if you know anyone that hates me, I think my next, my New Year's resolution for 2023, planning far in advance here, but is to have more enemies. Yeah, I think maybe we should, maybe we should become enemies of each other. And like, we still host this show. Every show and movie needs an arc, like a character arc. And I feel like that needs to be our character arc. There's always that point in the movie where the two leads are best friends and they get along really well. And then something happens, like in Dumb and Dumber, something happens and their friendship, you know, goes sour and they have a little falling out and then they come back together at the end. We haven't had that falling out. So we need to have a falling out, become enemies for a bit, only to complete our character arc 
come back together. Yeah, that's do. I wonder. We have to. We have to have some sort of a dispute. Uh, what I what I'm going to do is actually I'm going to secretly find a new host for the podcast and I'm going to kick you off of it. And then, exactly. And then we'll yeah. have to just, we'll have to rekindle our relationship. Just tell me we can't get any guests booked and that we just keep putting off the recordings. And then I come to get notifications on my phone. Oh, a new episode of No Blackout Dates is released today. And I listen to it. And it's just you straight up recording full episodes with another host I've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Get more enemies. Get more enemies. That's yeah. That's it's the, like the rappers were always, it's like hip hop artists were always saying like you need haters, right? They were talking about the haters. I don't have any haters. Right. If you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. So I need haters. Evan, we that's that's our enemies. We do have haters. All you got to do to find your haters as a as a writer is to look at the Facebook comments of your articles. That's true. And honestly, I love that. My favorite, my most rewarding moments as a writer for Matador have been when people are just shitting on my writing on Facebook because it means you've made some kind of impact on somebody. It means someone's right. reading what you're writing. Someone cares, even if it's negative. All, <laughs> all press is good yeah. press. They care so much that they go to social media to just start railing against you. I know. I love it. I love it. Uh, enemies okay. need enemies. My question for you today, kind of in line with the topic of the show, would you ever base a trip on an activity not knowing where you're going to do that activity. Do you have a specific example? I do. So there is a, uh, a snowboard tour company uh, that I'm embarking on a trip with in a year or so that does a mystery trip. I'm not doing the mystery trip, but they do a mystery trip where you sign up, you pay thousands of dollars to go on this epic, you know, backcountry snowboarding expedition somewhere in the world, and they don't tell you where it is until you get off the plane. I'm trying to think of an ex- activity that I'm passionate enough about to do that for, that I wouldn't care where it is. Because on one side of it, you're spending so much money, I'd want to know where I'm going. But on the other side, the spontaneity of it, and I, I would trust that if you're spending that much money and this, it's a company geared toward mystery experiences, they're going to take you somewhere cool. You know, they're going to take you somewhere that's awesome. So I would, I think, trust that they would bring me somewhere I like. So, yeah, if there was somewhere, uh, an activity that I liked enough, was passionate enough about, I would do that. Yeah. This is, goes to my other point that I was making to someone the other day, that I need more hobbies. I'm looking for hobbies. I don't have enough hobbies. So I need, if there's a hobby that I enjoyed, something like you have, you know, snowboarding, something like that, that I enjoyed enough, for sure, I would do pay a couple thousand bucks, bring me wherever you want in the world. Let's do it. Because that's a story that you'll tell forever. Right. And it's probably a great, you know, it's probably a great Matador article at the same time, you know, like I had no idea what I was getting myself into and it turned out to be great or terrible, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you talk about the anxieties you felt on the flight, having no idea what was about to happen to you. Yeah. Tell us what you guys um, would do. What, what would you guys travel all over the world mystery trip to do? What are, what's, what's, what are you guys most passionate about that you would spend, say, $2,000, let a tour company bring you wherever they want and just leave it up to them because you're just so passionate about that activity? I don't know. I don't know if there's anything like that for me. All right. Yeah. Well, let us know uh, in an Apple review. We're going to get into it with Catherine, and we will see you on the other side. Okay, Catherine Powell is the global head of hosting at Airbnb, where she leads the brand's global hosting organization and supports hosts across homes and experiences 
all over the world. And in her spare time, she hangs out with uh, podcast hosts coming at her remotely. Catherine, welcome to No Blackout Dates. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Tim, for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Yes, well, we're very excited to have you here. Uh, we, we love Airbnb at Matador. Uh, and in fact, we're really excited to get into all the exciting stuff you have right now. And I want to start first by talking about what you're doing with the categories in your search on Airbnb. Uh, everything about searching for a property or an experience is about to get a major makeover uh, or has gotten a major makeover to make it more easier on the user interface and for people to understand what they're getting into and what they're going to get out of it. So can you give us a quick rundown on how this change came to be and what people can expect? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we have created a new Airbnb for a new world of travel, and it is the biggest change to Airbnb in a decade. It's incredibly exciting. And as you say, we've we've redesigned search. And if you think about how we all used to search, you think of where you want to go. Maybe you think of, you know, at maximum, probably 10 places at the top of your head. You have the dates that you want, you put them into your search box, and the search results come up, and they're fairly limited, defined by whatever you put in the search box. Now, you open our app, and you fall into these rich categories, over 50 categories of the most beautiful, inspiring homes all over the world, designed by the, into these categories that are curated by style, location or activity and they're there to inspire you and to help you find places that you never knew discovered so we think we're going to revolutionize how people are going to search for travel so if i wanted to find if i know that i'm going to europe but i don't have my itinerary booked yet but i know that i want to find something awesome that not everybody has done yet what is the best way to go about finding an experience on airbnb for that so if you want to go to Europe, you don't even have a country that you're interested in, you, you, you'll go to our app, you'll put in Europe, and you can be flexible. You can even be flexible in terms of when you go. You don't have to say when you want to go, you just say Europe. And then all the categories will come up for Europe, and you can browse those categories. So if you are a camper, I don't know if you're a camper, but if you're a camper, we have a camping Category, and you can I, go. I'm and quite a camper, in fact. So you well, know, you, you nailed it. Well, it will show there. you all those places where you can camp, and it will show you camping spots in in countries. I mean, we're talking Europe now, in countries that you may not have heard of, let alone destinations that you may not have heard of. Or if I think about when I travel with my husband, he loves views. He's always wants to make sure that we have a beautiful view. The only way you can find that is is when you research and you look at the reviews of everything that you're you're looking at. Now we have a category for amazing views. So you could go to that category and you could just explore amazing views across Europe. If you are a skier and you decide you want to spend a month. Man, you're really in, hitting it on the head. I'm from Colorado, so all of these things are right up my oh, alley. Oh, well, my son is in Colorado, so I love visiting him in Colorado. So we we you can go to Europe for a month skiing, and you can explore, you can just discover with our skiing categories, ski and ski out, you can discover all these places to stay in different ski resorts. And, and we have another special feature that we've just introduced called split stays. And split stays basically split your trip between two homes. Now, there are two reasons that we've, we've done that. One is, you can imagine sometimes when you go somewhere for a longer trip, somewhere popular, it's actually really difficult to find listings. So you could, you know, I could want to go to Breckenridge 
or Vale over spring break, over spring break or one of the actually not spring break because it wouldn't be good weather. I could want to go there over the winter holidays, and it's tough to find accommodation. You're only going to find whatever is available with split stays. What we will do, say, I wanted to spend two weeks in Vale, we will find homes that are available for you over that two week period so that I have way more options available for me. And what's exciting for you if you went to Europe is not only will we give you more options, but we will offer you different ski resorts. So we will say split your, your two weeks in France between these two ski resorts as opposed to just spending the two weeks in one. So you can discover, it's not, it's not only that you're discovering more, more places to stay, you're discovering new places to stay. And with split stays, you can really experience the activity in different destinations. And we're doing it for camping, we're doing it for skiing, we're doing it for national parks. Okay, I'm curious. So say I'm going to France and I wanna to go to two or three different ski areas, okay? Everything's booked, trip's coming up. But then something changes and I'm only going to go to two instead of the three. How does that work with the booking? Can you, is it, uh, I guess, intelligent enough to let me keep the other two homes I have booked and change the third? Or how does that, do you have to completely rewrite the itinerary? So a split stay will divide your trip between two homes only. So if you have your trip booked for two weeks between two stays, two different homes and you want to change one of the plans, you can cancel one of them, that's fine. And then you could find another resort or another home for that week. If unfortunately the host had to cancel, so say you're in France and you're gonna ski in Teen and in in Maribel and the host in Teen had to cancel, then we would rebook you we would find you a place to rebook you. And that is also what we've just introduced. That is part of air cover for guests, which is part of our guest protection. If something happens with your booking and a host cancels 30 days out, we will automatically rebook you or refund you. And from what I understand, there's going to be a 24-hour safety line with uh, with the air cover, which is interesting because it, it seems... As if this is the, this is addressing an issue of you show up to a place at night, it's not what you promised, or something isn't safe. Walk me through what happens in that scenario. So there's there's a couple of things that that can happen where we we step in, and the first thing that I should say is, you know, we've we've welcomed our billionth guest. Any issues that we have on the platform are a, a fraction of a fraction of a, of a percent, and when things do go wrong our hosts step in to fix it. That is absolutely what they want to do. They are committed to to ensuring that their guests have the best possible experience. But if the host can't fix something or the host can't be there, then that is where AirCover steps in to provide that, that protection. That is the promise of AirCover. So if you turn up and you can't check in, say the key's not there where it, where it said it and you can't get hold of the host, then through AirCover, through one simple button, you can contact our community support agents. We now have a special team of trained, dedicated community support, and we will rebook you immediately. Now, if you felt unsafe in that moment, it's the middle of the night, something's 
happening, then either you can ring our community support or you can ring an urgent safety line. We're going to take a short break from the interview for a word from our partners at Matador Network. Are you a travel writer, filmmaker, or an influencer who loves to travel the world for free? Check out creators.matadornetwork.com and explore one of our many press trips. Sign up for free. That's creators.matadornetwork.com. Happy travels. And now back to the interview. I'm curious, Airbnb experiences. So there's all kinds of experiences all over the world, you know, cultural, outdoors, anything you want. Let's say I live in a small town, which I do, where there aren't any Airbnb experiences, but I'm thinking of starting one. What is the best way to do that and to figure out what it is that people might want to do? What, what do you see works with a new Airbnb experience host? If you have a passion for anything, it will work. It, it, our host's passion is what is infectious. And I, I, I just love to spend a moment on experiences. I joined Airbnb to run experiences. I joined two months before the pandemic to run our in-person experiences business. Good two timing, huh? In, <laughs> two months in, I had to cancel. I had to suspend our whole business, which was terrible, terrible for our hosts. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, I mean, not, nothing that we could do. And in fact, we pivoted really quickly and launched online experiences, which was amazing, amazing to see how our hosts were able to pivot. And we had really interesting examples of, of one host uh, who was in Naples, who did a walking tour of Pompeii, so an in-person walking tour. He was also an archaeologist and, and had a PhD and taught archaeology in, in local university. He pivoted to create an online experience, creating Roman wine in the way that the Romans would have drunk it. So you could, which oh, I did cool. with him, which was really good fun. So they're, they're so creative and so many of them pivoted to create these online experiences. And obviously as travel has returned and people feel safe, our in-person experiences have come back. And it's been amazing to see the numbers come back to what they were pre-COVID. So the passion is there, the interest is there. They are all over the world. And honestly, if you have an interest in anything, whether it is outdoors and nature, whether it is a favorite recipe that your grandmother taught you, whether it is a funky dance that you think other people should learn, to do it we have everything everything on our platform as the global head of hosting you are interacting with people all over the world with you know very different cultural backgrounds very different interests on a regular basis what consistencies have you seen in the airbnb community that that inspire you what what draws everything together and makes it work on a global scale so we have four million hosts on our platform and they are they are everyday people 90% of our hosts are individuals like you and me and they they are in 220 countries in over 100,000 cities and towns now so they are everywhere but what they all have is this individual passion for hosting for connection this is the mission of Airbnb it's about driving connection human connection something which we all need deeply at the moment. And what I spend my time doing is one, ensuring because they are individual people that it is easy for them to become a host. So if you'd like to be this experienced host, I need to make sure that you can list your experience easily. 
So I need to make sure that, that it to become a host is easy and straightforward. That's what we did last year. We made it incredibly easy to become an experienced host or to become a homes host to list your space. We need to make sure that you have the tools to be successful, the tools and products. And you know, one of the advantages of being a tech company in the travel industry is that we innovate. You've just seen that with I'm Flexible, the, with the Airbnb categories and with, with split stays. But last year we introduced 150 upgrades to help our hosts host better and improve the guest experience. Things like introducing verified Wi-Fi, things like the translation engine. And our, our hosts want to continually improve that hosting experience for their guests. And so we, we understand, we see how guest behavior has changed during, since the pandemic, how they, they are staying longer, they are way more flexible. We created an insights dashboard pretty soon early on in the pandemic to share the changing behavior of guests, to notify our hosts to say, hey, they're traveling now, as soon as they can, you know, as soon as lockdowns lift, they're traveling, they are traveling locally, but they're, they're traveling with their families. So people are looking for bigger homes, they're, they're traveling with their pets. So if you can accept pets, accept pets, they are working from home, the, these early signs that we saw in 2020. So you know, advertise your Wi-Fi and make sure you've got the best possible Wi-Fi speed. And we continue to share that data. And that that's also something that they all have in common. They want to learn how to be an incredible host and they want to learn what their guests want, what the expectations are of their guests, and then they want to exceed those expectations. Right. Uh, and I think one of the most important things you noted there is that now more than ever, people are traveling with their laptops uh, and they're and they're working on the road or they're not they're not just going on a week long vacation during their one week off during the year. What what do you see as the future of, of Airbnb evolving to become accommodating for longer stays, remote work uh, and, and for people that are spending less and less time at their hometown? So we've seen the trend of, of 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 longer stays growing since since it was it was something that that was important to us before the pandemic, but it really started to take off since the pandemic. We've just released our Q1 results, and our longer stays stays of over a month are at an all time high. One in five of the nights booked in Airbnb are for over a month, wow. and over, nearly nearly half of our nights booked are for seven days or more. So this, this, this trend is here to stay, definitely. And then you think about how flexible people are at the moment. I mean, we saw that people were more flexible as they became less tethered to their place of work last year. That's when we introduced I'm Flexible. We introduced it back in May, allowing people the chance to search when they were more flexible about where they were gonna go and they were more flexible about when they were gonna go. And then we, we introduced categories then, we expanded in November. That tool has been used two billion times since wow. we launched it. So there is, awesome. a, there is a desire for people to be flexible and to, if they are not tethered to where they need to be to work or to live, and not everybody has that opportunity, then, then they are going to stay much longer and they're gonna discover more places. I said that we have hosts in 100,000, over 100,000 cities and towns. 6,000 of those have had their first guest booking since the, since the pandemic, which also means 6,000 have had their first host. So people are discovering 
new places to go. They want to travel in a different way. And you're seeing companies come out with their remote work policy or their return to work policy. We've just uh, released ours, announced what ours is going to be, and it is truly flexible. You can work at home or in the office. You guys have the dream remote policy. I, I'll put Matador up there with you. We we have a pretty good one as well. Um, but I'm curious what the reaction has been. Is are, are, are the general staff excited about this? Is there any like confusion or longing for the office? I can't imagine so, but maybe. Well, look the the return to work. Our our return to work has been overwhelmingly positively re- received. We have offered. Um, our employees full choice, full flexibility as to whether they want to work in the office or work at home. And they can work and travel remotely. So up to 90 days a year in a different country, in over 170 countries in the world. So it is an incredible opportunity. And they are delighted. And by all accounts, we had 800,000 visits to our careers page the day that we announced it. So it's a pretty popular policy. But People do want to connect. People do want to see each other again. People do want that feeling of, of, of team culture, company culture. A lot of that culture has frayed during the pandemic with this extended time of remote work. So we will be really intentional about how we bring people together and how we organize our you know, offsites and, and retreats, things like that, as, as many companies are doing. And I should also point out that there are many roles in Airbnb where they will be going to the office, they will be based in a certain location, whether they're um, country manager roles or certain policy roles where you need to be, you need to be close to your constituents, whether it's hosts or government partners or policy right. partners. I want to pose a question. I want to pose a scenario to you. So Let's say I'm I'm looking to travel somewhere that I've never been before, and I'm deciding between staying at an Airbnb or staying at a, a long-term hotel that you know also will have a kitchen, uh, more of an apartment feel. However, the hotel also provides a breakfast, has a lounge, has a bar, all of these things. Why should I choose the Airbnb? We have four million homes, four million. Sorry, we have 4 million hosts. We have over 6 million listings in 220 countries in 100,000 cities, which is an incredible choice. And we have now curated 50 categories for you to be inspired by creative spaces. If you go into our creative spaces category, you could find, as I have just found, a home with a full recording studio in Riverdale, Georgia. I guarantee there's probably not a hotel there. And I guarantee you would not have necessarily put Riverdale, Georgia into your search box. So what you you will discover not only places you didn't know or hadn't thought about going, but homes and and an immersive experience in that home, which you will never get through hotels. Fair enough. Kind of winding down here, I want to Talk from the host perspective. For, for an aspiring host, uh, you know, as somebody who, who is dealing with hosts all over the world, what is the most commonly overlooked aspect that they should be aware of before making the commitment to be a host that will help them be more successful? I think for many of our hosts, 
they often think about hosting because there is a financial need. Maybe there's a change in their circumstances. It could be that they've lost a job. We've seen many of our new hosts recently have been those impacted by the pandemic. Maybe a child has gone off to college and they have a, mm -hmm. a, a room and there's an opportunity to do it. So often there is a life change and there is a, a, an economic reason to start hosting. What all of our hosts find very quickly is that the joy that they get from hosting is the connection with their guests, meeting people from all over the world, hearing their stories, seeing their worlds and learning more. And they do not, I think our hosts underestimate how fulfilling that part of hosting will be. And that is why they stay on our platform. That is because of the human connection that they have with their guests. Right on. That, that sounds about right. That is one of the cooler parts of staying in an Airbnb is, is getting the, the hints from the host. Catherine, thank you for joining us. Where can people head to learn more about split stays uh, and about air cover and about the new categories? So go, go to our app. Enjoy, enjoy the new categories. I guarantee that you, you'll spend many, many, many times exploring, immersing yourself in those categories. You may not ever get out of them, in fact. They are such a pleasure, such a pleasure to roam through. And each time I go, I find a new home in, in a category that I thought I had spent time in. Like, we've got a wonderful category called OMG. Okay. What's, what's OMG all about? OMG. OMG is just as you would imagine it would be. In OMG, you can find everything from a spaceship to an Earth home to a, a red double-decker bus All right. in, in, in the UK. I mean, we have, but we also have Earth homes we have off the grid. The, the first thing, come to our app, be curious and be inspired by our categories. And as you go through the categories, once you have a, a destination, those splits that you will find those split stays. We have split stays in 14 categories. And especially the ones that I shared with you earlier, if you're looking to surf or you're looking to camp or you're looking to ski or to go to a national park where it, it gives you a real opportunity to visit two different destinations to have an even more immersive experience, you'll find split stays. Okay. Well, Catherine Powell, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to trying all these features out for ourselves. And go to, if, next time you plan to ski in Colorado, check it out. Go for two or three weeks and, and check out the split stays. All right, will do. Catherine, thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. Nice to see you, Tim. Bye. All right, Tim. Awesome chat with Catherine right there. And we're going to get right into news of the day. First up today, we've got an article called This Map Shows Every County in the U.S. That Still Has Drive-In Movie Theaters. So the article has... Uh, a map that someone made on Reddit, and it shows where you can go around the U.S. for drive-in movies. What do we think about drive-in movies? Do we think that's a trend that is popularized in the 50s and that is dying now? Or do you think that it still has merits? It's definitely dying. I went to my first drive-in movie during COVID, actually. And the only reason we went to a drive-in movie was because it was the only way you could go to a movie. Uh, and we had to drive to a town that's about an hour south of where we live to find a drive-in movie theater. Um, but it was cool. I, I, I felt like we were in the 50s. We got like 
snacks from the little snack bar in the middle of the complex and sat in our back of our truck and watched a couple of movies back to back. It was fun, but it's not something I'm going to do all the time. No, and as the map shows, the, there's, the counties with drive-in movie theaters are dwindling. There's not too, too many. But I've had a great time the few times I've been to one, honestly. It kind of sounds like a lame idea. Let's go to a drive-in movie. But it's actually like really weirdly fun. I feel like whenever you can put a spin on a movie experience, like those places where you can go and have dinner while you watch a movie, like the dinner theaters, it's it's a small thing. And some people might say, oh, it might sound like it sucks to eat dinner in the dark while you watch a movie. It doesn't. It really adds a whole new layer to the experience. It's fun. And then the same thing with the drive-in movie. It's like, why would you want to either sit in your car or you bring some lawn chairs, you have the radio tuned to the right station, you kind of sit out there with everybody. It's this nice, nostalgic, old-fashioned experience. And it almost doesn't even matter what the movie is or if you enjoy the movie. It's this kind of communal thing you're doing with all these people. And you can bring your own snacks, you bring your own alcohol. There was one I went to in Colorado with my parents a few years ago. Saw The Lion King. Great remake. Beyonce butchered the uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight rendition, though. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's like you you do, you think it might be lame or old school or whatever, but it's not, you're not going to have a bad time going to a drive-in movie theater. It's one of those things that's like, it's just unique enough and it harks to, you know, the legend of Americana enough that it's going to be one of those nights that you're going to talk about regardless of the movie. Like, to be honest, I don't even remember what movie we saw when we went, but I know that I went to one. And it was cool. Yeah. One of my earliest birthday memories of going to someone else's birthday party is going to my friend's birthday. We saw a double feature. We saw Raining Cats and Dogs and Artificial Intelligence. Both, I thought, were terrible movies. Awful movies. But I had such fond memories of that drive through movie experience because it was like four of us. We were like 10 years old in his parents' van. There's like four or five of us. We're all crowded into this van. We could like get out, have some ice cream, go to the snack shack thing. It did, the movie didn't matter. We were, we got we just like got super high on on like Coca Cola, to drank an endless amount of Coke. I remember having this immense sugar high, and watching these two drive-in movies until like one in the morning, and then we drove home asleep. And it was just like a lot of fun. And I always remember that birthday. Hated the movies, loved the experience. All right, second news article today is called The World's First Horse Yoga Retreat Just Opened in Lexington. Uh, And, you know, you've probably heard of dog and goat yoga. Some people do alpaca yoga. Now, in Kentucky, you can do yoga with horses. Uh, An interesting take on what apparently has been a long-running holistic horse business uh, called Hallway Feeds. I have two questions on this. First one is, how do you get the animals to behave? Like you said, there's alpaca yoga, there's goat yoga, now there's horse yoga, dog yoga. How do you get the animals to sit still, not just walk all over you or wander away and not kind of interrupt the experience? That's question number one. Question number two, is is that supposed to relax people? Doing yoga with horses? Horses can kick you if you get behind them. They can kill you. Horses can literally kill you or render you brain dead how is that supposed to relax me if there's horses wandering around i'm trying to sit there and achieve inner peace that's part of the shtick though right because it make it turns yoga into an extreme sport ah Uh, okay 
and I think that, you know, I don't think you can be guaranteed that the animals are going to behave, right? I mean, you don't know if you're paying, you know, however much money you pay for goat yoga, you don't know if the goat is going to walk up on your back like you see in all the photos. How do you know? The, the goat, you can't, you know, maybe they put it on you, but the whole thing is just a <laughs> stick, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, when I first, I used to have to write all these articles about the do- dog yoga, goat yoga when I did the news, and I stupidly would always, without thinking about it too much, I would always think, okay, so the the goats are doing yoga. Like they've trained these goats to do yoga. So you're all sitting in like the, whatever, the tree position, if that's a real thing. And the goats are like also sitting in that position. It it is a real thing. All the things. Tree position. Yeah. Okay, cool. Got it. Yoga pro. So how, like, and then I realized after just looking into it for more than 10 seconds, yeah, the horses and dogs and goats aren't actually doing yoga. They're just physically present yeah they're just kind of you're there. doing yoga it, yeah. it's an instagram yeah. thing it's right so you can get the photo and you can put it on your instagram yeah i love that idea is yoga is an extreme sport uh, the next olympic sport yeah yeah i've been i'm a gold medalist in goat yoga that's honestly like we joke about it but fast forward to 2036 and when we have the olympics in neom saudi arabia and it's there's literally going to be gold medalists in horse yoga yeah i wouldn't bet against you on that all right thanks for listening to no blackout dates make sure to subscribe on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts leave us of course a five-star review and if for some reason you want to follow what we're up to i'm edwin flow underscore on instagram and he's tim winger one also a big shout out and thanks to our producer alex halkey executive producer katie hetrick our email marketing guru kelsey wilking the matador social crew and everyone else on the team who puts up with us on a daily basis we'll see you guys next week